Welcome to the GTI Tours Podcast. Join us as we go behind the scenes and discuss with trip leaders, guides, biblical scholars, and more to bring the land and the lessons of the Bible to life. Hello and welcome to the GTI Tours Podcast. My name is Rich and I will be your host as we bring the land and the lessons of the Bible to life having a lot of fun doing it. We're going to be talking Turkey. We're going to be talking Greece today. We're going to be talking the GTI signature trip, which brings the best of everything we've learned in the last 25 years together. We're going to have amazing biblical sites. We're going to have a lot of fun doing it with the best food, some of the best coffee you've ever had. And we're going to learn the Bible in context as we make our way through the New Testament. Now, to do that, you really need a great Bible teacher. And that, that's that's the, you know that that's what I call the crux of all of this is the Bible side of it. And so we've got Dr. Craig Hill with us, who's going to be leading that trip and taking us over to Turkey. And we're going to talk through this itinerary and all the fun things that we're gonna we're gonna learn along the way. So Craig, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rich. Just talk it up. This is I am so pumped because. We are putting COVID-19 in the rearview mirror, and we are going to Turkey and Greece, and it is going to be fantastic. So I am, I'm really pumped about this. We've already had a couple trips canceled along the way. I don't know how many trips you've had canceled over this time, but like I am, I'm ready, and I feel like this is going to be such a fun, fun trip. Yeah, let's let's not talk about the last year. Like the last, <laughs> like it's time to focus on where we're at in October of 2021. We're going to be doing this. And, you know, as you're listening to this podcast right now, we've got groups heading to Turkey already. We've already ran multiple Turkey trips. We've got groups heading over to Israel. Travel is back open. And this is the time to go because the tourist sites that we're going to go to are typically jam-packed with people. And they're not. I had friends who just got back from Turkey and sent me photos of Ephesus with no one in the shot. I mean, th- this is uh, this is like unheard of. That's like of. Disneyland. That's like the Disneyland shots. You know, you see the the empty Main Street, and uh, to have Ephesus that's empty. That's that's fantastic. That's some great opportunity to see some great stuff. Yeah. Well, why don't you really quick just give us a little background on who you are and why a New Testament trip is something that you get pretty excited about? Oh yeah, yeah. So. Um, Again, I'm Craig Hill, and I've been teaching undergrads at Biola for um, about 15 years, and then teaching graduate students at Fuller Theological Seminary. Um, my PhD is in New Testament. I wrote on the Book of Hebrews, a lot of sociocultural stuff, and yeah, I think uh, trips like this are just fantastic. I'm also a pastor, and so I just finished preaching through the Book of Acts, and so this is like, I mean. Kelly and I went and we went on a signature tour and led a signature tour with you, Rich, um, a couple of years ago. And now to be able to go back second time, like, you know, geek mode can get turned up to 11 and wherever we go, it's like, okay, I want to see this. I want to see this, but to have an opportunity to see some new sites, to go back to some previous sites, there's just, I have a little bit of energy for this. So, um, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. And I think for me, you know, these trips are a combination of, yeah, seeing the sites, like that's one aspect of it, but there's also so many stories to tell. This trip is so great because we can start with kind of the early years of Paul, but also go to the later years of Paul and his journeys and, and see kind of the, how his temperament changes and his writing and kind of walk through, Hey, he wrote this book here. He wrote this book here. He wrote Romans in Corinth. 
And to be able to walk through some of that and even do a little time traveling within that, I think it just, to me, it brings the Bible to life. It gives scale to it. Uh, I know you guys bringing the land and the lessons of the Bible to life, but there really is this sense of just entering into that world and telling the stories of travel, of the religious syncretism of the day, and telling the stories, um, not only then, but now, the cultural experiences. These are all things that we get to do and eat great food and drink great coffee and be with great people. I mean, that that's like, that's awesome. And I'm ready, and, I'm ready to go today. And an optional, if you want to, um, hot air balloon ride. Yeah. Where else do you do that? You don't even do that here necessarily in the States. I mean, if you go to New Mexico, I guess, you know, <laughs> but, um, the hot air balloon in Turkey is known for its hot air balloon industry. And, um, we have some, I mean, it is just so awesome. So anyway, let's just, let's get to it, Rich. This is, I'm yeah, already getting excited. Let's walk through this itinerary, give people a little taste, you know, maybe someone's listening, who's thinking about, should I go on this trip? Should I not? What's it going to be like? But why don't you kind of just give us a little, you know, a little flavor of like in the morning, like as we get started, like, how do you, how do you like to run your trips? Like, what does it, what does it feel like as, as we get the day going? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I think the first thing is every day starts out with, you know, great breakfast, cup of coffee, just mm-hmm. get the motor running. But when we get on and, and we are visitors in a, in essentially a Muslim country, which is right now, but once we're on our bus, when we're on our bus, we're able, and, and the first thing we do when we get on a bus, but we're able to um, have a devotional in the morning, maybe sing a hymn, um, get the juices flowing and kind of set the day right with a little bit of a a devotional that is, um, keyed to our place and time on the trip. Um, and as we're driving to our first site, we were able to do teaching and to walk around on that site. And then, um, we do have some time on the bus. And so the bus becomes essentially a, a mobile, um, classroom. A, a mobile seminary classroom where we are really hitting seminary level content. Um, not only the, the, the geography and the socioeconomics and all that, but, but the theology, like we want to walk through, like why was, what was Paul's theology? What are some of these things? And to be able to have, you have, it's a, you not only, I know not only have a captive audience, but you have a captive professor. Mm-hmm. And so you are able to just ask questions as many as you'd like and we can take rabbit trails that we typically wouldn't have the time to do. Yeah, and that 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 truthfully is, I think, one of the most special things about this trip is, if you've been to Israel with us before, Israel, everything's so close together, which which is really great. I mean, you're, like every second, like you're you're getting off the bus, going to go see something. In Turkey, we'll see a couple great sites a day, but we will have some driving time between them. And that creates for a really great time for questions. It, it, it lets you, lets the group, you know, for you to teach on things that you might not have time to teach on on site or somewhere else and, and really let the group kind of like direct, you know, wh- what do people want to know? What what interests you? What are what are those? And, and I think that's the fun. Like, that's the part I really yeah. love about it. Yeah, that is that is the great part. And then even when we're not doing teaching, Turkey is one of the most beautiful countries I have ever been to. I mean, mm-hmm. this is one of those things you just don't all oftentimes know. And maybe Turkey's not done a great job of promoting itself as a tourist destination, but Turkey is a beautiful country. And so we get a chance to see um, the same kind of countryside that the Apostle Paul and his traveling companions would have seen as they traveled through this region. And it is a beautiful region. It is. Well, we'll just kind of go through this itinerary a little bit because it is jam-packed with so many fun 
biblical sites, cultural sites, and as you and I both know, some of our favorite restaurants and places to eat along the way uh, that make this just such a great trip. But the, the, the trip begins, you know, everyone's going to get on the plane. They're going to fly over. Uh, we're going to get into Istanbul. Uh, Istanbul, we're going to then transfer planes and we are going to fly over to Antalya. And we're going to go to bed once we get there because we're going to be tired. Uh, but yeah, Antalya is a great place to start because it's where... Paul and Barnabas make landfall on the first mm-hmm. missionary journey onto the area of Asia Minor. And you know what I've done just to, for you? Um, when I teach on this, I don't call it Asia Minor anymore. I call it Turkey. It's the first, I know it's a little anachronistic, but it's the first time they make landfall on Turkey. And the first missionary journey all takes place on Turkey. Second missionary journey takes place half on Turkey. Um, and the third missionary journey really takes place almost entirely on Turkey. Um, and so we, it's the first place where they make landfall as they make their way up to Pisidian Antioch, but this is the place. Um, and just a little, a few miles away is where on the, when Paul is heading to, to Rome, he will, um, dock, uh, it's probably about 50 miles away, but it gives you, this port will give us a sense of what does, uh, what did, uh, sea travel look like in the ancient world. So we'll visit that a couple of times at the beginning of the trip. And then when we hit Ephesus, these are both ports and we'll have a chance to just tell the story of ocean travel in the ancient world. And then we'll get to jump right into Greek Roman, like just architecture, all of this and see a pretty, some pretty amazing theaters, you know, like right off the get go, which kind of just like transports you into that, the culture of the time. Yeah. I love, I love thinking as you know, I live in Southern California and you drive around and you're like, you know, 500 years from now, what kind of structures will still survive that are here? Um, and what will just get, you know, um, wasted away by time. But the Romans, they built things that lasted um, for millennia that we're, we're going to be walking on, you know, uh, stones that were were laid thousands of years ago. And that's a pretty cool idea. But Rome knew how to build build things. Um, they also knew how to intimidate people. Um, but we'll get to that later as we move along in the trip. Well, we end up the next day. I know one of the sites you just love, Pisidian Antioch. And Pisidian Antioch. This, this oh, place man. is amazing. It's so great. And it is, It. I think the thing about that that spot, Pisidian Antioch, if, if you go straight north from um, Antalya and you go straight north, um, there's not a lot of major city around there, but it was a major city back in the day because it was really the gateway into central Turkey, central Southern Turkey, if you were on land. And this site is great. It doesn't have a ton of people there. Um, and there's actually, what's awesome about this site is they've actually done, been doing an archeological dig on the site of what they presume to be the first century synagogue of, mm-hmm. of that area. And so we're able to go to that spot, stand on that floor and read the sermon that Paul gives in that synagogue as the first offering of the good news in Turkey on that missionary journey. And if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you, you go to uh, GTA tours, so uh, GTA tours.org slash podcast, you'll see there's a link to a video, which is Craig teaching a little snippet at Pisidian Antioch. And it's, it's cool. You'll get, you'll just get a little one. You'll, you'll get to see Craig geeking out and excited about it. And then two, you get a chance to see a little bit of what uh, Pisidian Antioch looks like, but so, yeah, to read the Bible in the place where it happens like that, that, uh, 
those are the moments. That's those pretty are... cool. That's pretty cool. It, and it, and to kind of smell the air, to see the, I think when we were there, the last time we were there, it was, you know, it was kind of cold. It was, you don't get a sense like this is kind of up in the mountains. It's a little higher up there. And, um, and it, you get the texture of the whole thing. There is just something about being in the spot, smelling the air, feeling the, you know, feeling the area, walking the land really makes a difference. So love it. Yeah. And we're going to make our way uh, at this point uh, into kind of, we call it Western Central Turkey. Like we're, we're making our way over. And, and this area is gorgeous. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, amazing. And we're going to, we're going to see some sights. like in one day, like I feel like that just the contrast between what we're going to get to experience uh, is pretty, pretty amazing. So I'll, I'll let you kind of yeah. give them a taste. When you, when we go North and we go to Pisidian Antioch, there's two, you could either make a right and go to Iconium Lystra Derby this, on the first missionary journey. Um, we're going to go left, which takes us essentially into the region of the seven churches of the book of Revelation. And um, the first spot that we're going to be really has three awesome major sites, and that is Laodicea, um, Hierapolis, and um, the little town, a little town <laughs> of Colossae. Um, Colossae and the book of Colossians is written into that region and um, Laodicea is right there. And so we'll, we'll kind of be able to see a little bit about how the size of different cities and the import of different cities, why, like why is Laodicea larger than Hierapolis? Um, Hierapolis has just a, a extremely picturesque hot springs that as it as it kind of cascades down the mountains, it leaves these sulfur deposits, and it is just beautiful. It looks like it's snow capped, mm -hmm. but it's all um, uh, what is it like? What's it called? What is the actual chemical? Rich potassium carbonate or something like that? I don't. I, you sound like a chemist right there. I yeah. well, that I am not. I can geek out in a lot of ways, but that's not it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Um, we'll have a chance to do, um, hot air balloon there. We did that last time and it is extremely picturesque. We'll talk about, it's a great place to talk about the book of Colossians, the kind of, um, religious syncretism and superstitions that were part of that area. We'll have a chance to talk about Philemon mm -hmm. and that small book and what that means. And we'll imagine, you know, Philemon and Epaphroditus, Epaphroditus walking down, the the Lycus River Valley as they make their way to Colossae into an unknown fate and to deliver this this book it's just it's a great place to let your imagination really go wild when we think about imagining the New Testament and if you're listening here and, and wondering about this hot air balloon ride it, it is uh, something that's optional but we would highly I just highly encourage it like we we won't know until we you'll sign up for this ahead of time. But we won't know for sure until we get there if we'll be able to do it. Just it all depends on that morning and the uh, the weather that is out there uh, at the time. But a chance to be up in the air and it's it's so quiet. That's the crazy thing. We do it at sunrise, and you'll get a chance to see this entire valley that we'll be teaching on all day long. You'll you'll have a perspective from the air to see it uh, ahead of time, and it's it's well worth the time, and you'll love it. I mean, I I, I can't wait. I can't yeah, it's, wait. It's, it is, really that. is fun. Really is fun. From there, we're going to move uh, and we're going to hit a couple different places. Um, one of my favorite restaurants actually comes up in this next day uh, when, when we go. So um, 
we got aphrodisias in Philadelphia. So why don't you walk us through a little bit of those? Yeah. So this is this gives us a chance. Um, we will not hit every one of the seven churches, every site of the seven churches, but we'll hit many of them. Philadelphia is obviously one of them, and so is Sardis. We'll end the day in Sardis, but but Philadelphia and Aphrodisias, um, these are um, uh, notable cities in the ancient world, and uh, we'll have a chance to read the letter from the book of Revelation that is written to the church in Philadelphia, and um, we'll be able to to kind of work through that. We're also, it's kind of, I think one of the cool things about this part of the of the day of the trip is we're essentially driving through um, wine country. Mm-hmm. And it's if you think about driving through um, wine country in California, that really is what this this is like. And so it's extremely picturesque and a great chance to connect um, and um, and and just explore what the the place of this church in the lore of revelation and um, and in the New Testament. And as Craig said, there'll be some places of the seven churches that we don't we don't go to, and, and the reason for that, it, we'll still teach on them from yeah. again from the bus. We'll be teaching on them, but the reason for that is that there are some locations that are modern cities now, and there's just nothing there. Um, a modern city sits on top of it. So, you, what are you going to drive and see? You know, that, and that's that's kind of those those places that we don't stop because people are always like, "Well, I want to see all seven. Well, we'll point out where it would be as we drive by, but it's a modern city and, and, and there's nothing of ancient ruin to see and to go teach on, but we can still teach the importance of the letter uh, as we drive past it. For sure. Yeah. Well then, then like you said, we, we start the next morning off. This is, uh, October 17th where we're going to start off like Sardis. What an amazing place. Sardis is, um, very underrated. I, I was, when we went a couple of years ago and we saw Sardis, Sardis is a fantastic place. Largest synagogue of the ancient world exists mm-hmm. in Sardis. And so you get a sense that this had a sizable Jewish population. This would have been a place where there was tremendous conversation going on about this Jesus, the Messiah. What do we make of Jesus, the Messiah? I think the other interesting thing about Sardis is Sardis was this place. It was known as this kind of um, impenetrable fortress that you could never no one could ever get into. And, um, as all impenetrable forces, uh, fortresses, they eventually get penetrated. <laughs> and so Sardis actually becomes a byword and, and the, the, uh, the lessons learned about overconfidence in military might and security. And it is, it's just, a, it's an interesting spot. There's a lot of stuff that's not excavated at Sardis. And so I'd act, I'm actually looking forward to doing a little bit of snooping around in Sardis um, because there's a lot to see and a lot that has not been uncovered yet. So um, it is, again, another good place because it is so rural. It's a great place to use your imagination and to understand and to think what must have this been like back in the day. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing, too, that everyone's going to get to see is that you had Jewish people and Gentile people living in the same place right next to each other. You know, you've got this giant gymnasium complex right next to this giant synagogue. Right. And, and this would be a great chance for us to talk about the diaspora, the, tell the story of the diaspora and how there that there were only about 700,000 Jews living in Israel during the time, but there were about 1.5 million in the greater Mediterranean area. And so Jewish life and culture is something that... Um, that is pervasive in the in Turkey at the time, and um, this is why when Paul 
travels, the first place he always goes to whatever town he goes to is to the synagogue because mm-hmm. there were sizable Jewish populations in all these cities. And this idea about how do you then live as a, you know, how does, back to the question, um, how does a young man keep his way pure? And so this question about how do you live as a follower of Yahweh or a follower of Jesus in a foreign land? And that's something that we're going to try to to bring to life, especially in Sardis. Sardis is a great place to have that conversation. Yeah. And then we'll finish up the day uh, getting to Pergamum, but we're going to kind of probably break it out into two days because there's so much there to do. Uh, Why don't you walk us through just Pergamum as a whole? Pergamum is... Every of every one of these ancient sites, you've got um, the city proper down below, and then you've got an Acropolis where all the important people were. <laughs> like <laughs> all the temples were on the Acropolis, all the really elites are up there. Sardis is probably the best place to actually make it on top of the Acropolis and Pergamon. actually walk around those temples, and and then you really get to see the difference in that place of the difference between the elites and the people that are kind of down in the valley. And um, you also get a sense of maybe the way that one of these processions of like the temple of Zeus makes its way and its procession down through the city and what you would have to do if you were a citizen to pay homage to Zeus is to go out on the street and to the wave or to throw your offering out or something like that. Um, Pergamum is a great place to do that. It's also a great place to just note like just what jerks the Romans were. I mean, what? total jerks they were because whenever they conquered an area, they would just go to the top of every Acropolis to the highest place and they would build the biggest temple they could to themselves. Yep. That, that's what they did. So it didn't matter who was at the top of the Acropolis. They would just scrape your temple off and they would build one to their own prowess. And, um, and Pergamum is a great, is, is really a place where you can see that in spades. It is. And, really another place where, again, your imagination can come to life and you can see the syncretism as well as the dominance of Rome of the day and try to imagine what would it have been like to live in the shadow of this sort of military dominance. And one of the most unique theaters you will you will ever oh. see. It is. Uh, so that's one of the one of the interesting things is Pergamum in the in the book in, in Revelation, it talks about this is the throne of Satan. And in in a lot of ways, and I don't know what what your thought is on this, Rich, but um, when you look at the at the uh, the theater there, it really does look like a throne, mm-hmm. and it's actually larger than most of the of the theaters in the ancient world, and it's more and it's steeper, so it does look like this place where you know some giant could sit as a throne, um, and it is it's just it's stunning. Yeah, it's. It, it, I I always think you know because you, you hear in, in in Roman world you know when they go to the theater they they get they drink a lot you know and and have a good time with these things. Well, if you got drunk at a place like this and you fell, you were going all the way down. You're going down. The- you're going. You're going down. It's like I mean, you want to clip in yeah. in the harness just to climb up to your seats. I mean, it is. It's a real. It's a real treat. It's it's um. It's unique. Unique yeah, in the ancient world. You know, when I used to go to baseball games, we'd say that we were sitting in the nosebleed. This has a real nosebleed section. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, this particular day, too, we're going to do a couple cultural things. One one of them is is a rug factory. And, and, and people, when they hear that, they just go, what, what is that all about? 
Turkey's famous for rugs. Uh, not that you have to buy one when you're there. It's just cool to see the art of it being done. We're going to go to a co-op of, of people, of artisans who have come together to make uh, to make these rugs. And it's cool. It's a cool experience. Something great to see. Uh, it's always one of those favorite kind of moments. We'll probably do lunch there too. Just just fun. Just fun yeah, to see it. Is, it. it is a yeah. fun place. And it's also, I, I think what's awesome about this co-op is um, it tries to cut out some of the middleman um, so that the women who make these rugs yeah, actually the receive the profits from these rugs. And so there is, um, Rich and his team have done such a great job of finding good cultural interaction and learning a little bit about what's going on currently contemporary in um, in Turkey, as well as uh, trying to keep alive some of the, the the old crafts of the ancient world. Yeah. Well, from there, we're going to head to the coast and it's just gorgeous. We're going to be on the coast of Turkey. Most people don't think that way when they think of Turkey, but just amazing coastline. And we're going to try to take you out on a boat and that, that'll that be the fun. Like we'll kind of go out in the harbor of the area. Ephesus is in the nearby vicinity. Um, so it just kind of gives you that that feel and a chance for you to talk about, uh, again, just the fact that a lot of trade and a lot of uh, a lot of just movement of the gospel happens via waterways. Yeah. And we get uh, Kushidasi is the city that we're going to be in. And that that city in and of itself is it's kind of um the way the best way I could describe it is is kind of a more European Laguna Beach, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you've got this great harbor, you've got shopping, but we're able to take a um, a boat, a vessel out into really the waterways. And what's awesome about this is you're like as you're out there, you're like, hey, there's Samos, there's Kos. These are all mentioned as Paul makes his way south from Philippi on as he's heading to Jerusalem, this is the waterway that he travels. And like, he would have seen that he would have seen that this would have been the waterway. And we get again, a chance to kind of tell the story of sea travel, our second port that we're going to be in. And, um, that, that just gives us an opportunity to experience, you know, to go, to do a little bit of riding the waves. It's not, it's actually fairly calm. Um, but it does give us an opportunity to tell that story and to understand, like even to tell, the story of Paul as he's heading back to Jerusalem, he doesn't know what's going to happen. And he won't even come into Harbor here with the, with the Ephesians because he doesn't want to get sidetracked Stop. by them. He's yeah. got to call them out and meet them down at Miletus. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a great way to tell that story and, um, and be part of that travel. Yeah, it's, it's fun. And if, if you check in again, in the show notes, you'll see that there's the signature tour video, which I, for Greece and Turkey, which I would tell you, for sure watch and it'll kind of show you the boat and when we were doing this boat thing we, we got this boat and as we go out like it, it seriously had um it was like it had a pirate ship flag on it <laughs> i was expecting like johnny depp to come swinging down from uh from one of the mastheads we're like hey we'll take whatever boat we can get if it's seaworthy we're in let's go that was paul's <laughs> motto <laughs> yeah. You know, the next day is, of course, going to be a highlight. We kind of save, you know, for Turkey, kind of the the best for last in mm. Turkey. And you could spend days and days and days just on the area of this site. And that's that's Ephesus. It is. Ephesus is it is the money shot. Um, most of the Turkish tourism, you get that library in Ephesus. That's the money shot. And that is that's a great spot. I think the um, the museum, the Ephesus museum is a great place as well, because, um, you know, you want, if I, I think what's awesome is if you, <laughs> when Paul writes, we have these treasures in jars of clay, 
he writes that in Ephesus. And you can mm. go to the Ephesus Museum and see jars of clay, right? Earthen vessels, the sort of thing that Paul is looking at as he's writing that and imagining that. And so um, the Ephesus Museum is great. Um, you know, the temple to the temple of Artemis, um, we don't it's it's all been re, re it was all been torn down and yeah. and used in other locations. But in the day, the temple of Artemis actually experienced religious tourism. Yeah. People would come from all over the world just to see it was one of the the seven wonders of the ancient world. It was the largest freestanding uh, area of worship in the ancient world. And that was right down in Ephesus, now down in the marshes, essentially. But um, just to imagine people, tourists lining these streets and uh, and doing this and also imagining, you know, like what a riot in Ephesus would have looked like. It, it makes its way down into the uh, into the, the the theater in Ephesus. And we'll have a chance to go in that theater and uh, experience. Not, we won't experience a riot. I mean, I guess if you want to. I don't know what the Turkish authorities would, would, <laughs> would say, but we get a chance to kind of walk those streets and see some of those things. I think another interesting thing about Ephesus is how well preserved some of the um, the frescoes and things like yeah. that are. And that also gives us a, an opportunity to talk about, you know, because of the proximity in the Mediterranean of North Africa and all the dust storms that come in from the Sahara, um, things get covered up pretty quickly. And even the, the harbor of Ephesus gets filled with silt really quickly. And so our guides kind of give us a, a little bit of a sense of how that works. And um, we might even experience a little bit of that. Um, but it does give us really a little bit of local flavor as we think about the, the climate and some of the, um, the, the weather phenomena of the, of that area. Yeah. And I think what people miss too, and, and this is what I love that you're going to do there is that Ephesus is really a great just connection point because you've got, you know, Revelation, seven church of Revelation discussion, you've got the book of Ephesians. And, and you've got other just, you know, the people who have been there, who, who yeah, lived Timothy, there. Like, Tim, this is where Timothy is dispatched to. You've got the seven churches. This is the main, the main hub. When you, when you talk about those seven churches, they all form a trade route, but it starts in Ephesus. And so Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and all, and all your way down. Um, but there's so much overlap. You got Paul is there early. Timothy then goes there. John ends his life that well, John ends his life on Patmos, but his ministry is in Ephesus. This is really, this is other than Rome, this is really the largest hub of the ancient world. Um, and it was bustling in the day. Um, yeah. so yeah, this is a, a great place to tell a lot of stories. Yep. And then we plan to give you a little bit of free time to hang out down in the harbor area of of Kushidasi after the evening. It's it's amazing. It's a lot of fun. Uh, kind of place to be, some shops, some hangout time. Yeah. And then the next day we, we journey on my friends, we, <laughs> we will make our way and we will head via airplane. So it'll, it'll be quick. Uh, and we'll, we will, we will fly to Istanbul. And then from Istanbul, we will head to the town of Thessaloniki. This and, is one of my, yeah. I'm looking forward to this part of the trip. Um, because seeing Greece. We we saw Athens and Corinth on the last trip, but adding Thessaloniki and Philippi mm -hmm. to that trip really rounds out telling the story of Paul's missionary journeys. Philippi, you could make the argument that Philippi was Paul's favorite church. That he plants this church, he revisits it on the on the um, at the end of the second missionary journey. On the third missionary journey, he hits it twice. 
Um, he, and then as tradition has it, that it is in Macedonia up there in, in Philippi where Paul um, ends his journeys before he's arrested and finally taken to Rome at the end of his life. And so Philippi, just thinking about that as um, a place, Lydia, the Philippian jailer, that slave girl, what it would have been like. And so I'm really looking forward to Philippi um, and Thessaloniki. So adding this onto the trip I, is, to me, a real value add. Yeah. And from there, we're going to fly, not a long flight, but it's going to save us time not having to drive. We're going to fly down to Athens. We're going to get a an evening as we get down there. You know, we've got Athens, we've got the Parthenon, we got Mars Hill. It's just going to be kind of a fun get to know Athens kind of time. Oh yeah. There and, yeah. and so much biblical acts, you know, for the it book is, of Acts, right? Oh there. my gosh. We I remember we we the hotel we stayed at, we got up in the morning and um we went up to where breakfast was and we got our breakfast and we sat down and we look out and like it you can to- the Parthenon is right there. You can just see it while you're sipping your coffee for breakfast. <laughs> it is so awesome. And then when we get to that spot we actually go up on Mars Hill on the Areopagus and we read the sermon that Paul gives on the Areopagus in probably the spot where he he gives this sermon. And it is just, it's an amazing, and then seeing the Parthenon and going up there and getting windblown and it's, I mean, it's great. It's a beautiful spot and it really is a bucket list kind of a thing, even if you don't, even if you don't even care about the New Testament, but obviously mm-hmm. we do. And there's a lot to be, a lot to be taught, a lot to learn in that spot, but it is just a stunning place in Athens to be. Yep. And then the evening, again, you'll have free time to be able to walk the streets of Athens. Mm. It, it's just a fun town. It's got a fun vibe. Yeah. And yeah, I love it. I, I love walking around and, and and seeing all the different shops and, and, and eating different little, little things and drinking coffee. Just remember, Craig, though, it's not Turkish coffee when you're over in Greece. It's Greek coffee. <laughs> it's Greek coffee. You don't make that mistake. It is in trouble. The, the 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 similarities of the two countries geographically are are stunning, but there's also the, the cultural differences are um are striking as well and we'll be able to tell a little bit of that story as well about the kind of orthodox Christian and the Muslim side of things. And so understanding the contemporary um world is also an important part of this trip. Yep. And I can't, I can't think of a better way to finish this trip off in what, than what we're doing. We're, we're going to drive down and we're going to end up in a place that, you know, so many people have, have read the book and all of that, but Corinth out of Corinth. all places. Corinth is a, is an amazing dig and it is a great place to end, um, to end the, 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 the trip, um, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, it, it's a great spot you could, and, and there's a great excavation of the Agora, the, the, the marketplace of Corinth. And of course, that's where when Paul comes into town, this is the place in Acts 18 where he's called a tent maker. And so mm-hmm. we'll talk about what does it mean that he is a tent maker? What is it? Um, probably a maker, a maker of leather goods, leather awnings, things like that. But he, he would have set up shops somewhere around that Agora in that spot. And then you have the Bema seat, the judgment seat where the, there's this riot in the city and they drag the Jason out in front of the, the Bema seat. And, um, this is where we also get a sense that sometimes the Roman authorities are against Christianity. And sometimes they're like, Hey, you guys will settle this among yourselves. And that's when you have a little bit of a riot. You, we learn a lot about the town of Corinth. We learn a lot about the wealth of Corinth. We all, we learn this, uh, maxim of the ancient world that a trip to Corinth is not for every man. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a, 
it is a rough and tumble place. Fortunes can be made and lost in, in Corinth. And we also get a chance to see that because of the location of Corinth and now the canal that has been dug between the Aegean and Adriatic Seas. That happens there in Corinth. If you want to save your trip around the Cape and not, um, and you want a better safe harbor, Corinth is the place. And um, Corinth is a town of middlemen where they they buy things on one end of the isthmus and they sell them on the other end. And people can make or break their fortunes in that way. Paul spends um, 18 months on the first time around there. Um, and then the second time around, he spends three months there and he writes the book of Romans. Yep, yep. While he is in Corinth. And to imagine at the end of Paul's kind of church planting career, he summarizes all of his thought about Jesus and about the about what God has done in Christ in the book of Romans in that spot. This is a you think about a, a writing retreat where he goes and he reflects, and this is the spot. And this is this is really the spot where we um where we cap our trip. And of course, we'll go to a winery too, which, yeah. because, you know, it's a long ride back into town and, um, <laughs> and we have to do a little wine tasting, but this is really a place where we can imagine the life and ministry of Paul from the beginning to the end. And then, um, and have lunch just with a fa- fantastic view of the Acropolis and, um, yeah, great spot. Yeah. It's, it's a great way to finish it off and yeah, we'll come back and, and, get ready to fly home, you know, the next day. And hopefully, you know, this GTI's desire with everything is that you'll know your Bible in a deeper way. You'll, you have a, a love hopefully for the Lord that's, that's deepened just through spending time in his word and with, with like-minded people and yeah, that you'll, yeah, it'll bring things from black and white to 3d, hopefully as you get a chance to walk the land, see the culture and and be a part of it. For sure. And to make, and to make a bunch of new friends, like people that, um, you will share a lifelong experience with and uh, and stay connected with. We're still connected with many people from the trip we were on that we didn't know at the beginning. And so that's another thing about these signature trips is just how much you're able to connect with people, um, like-minded people that you didn't even know existed. And now you have this great experience together. So there is just so much. I, I At the end of every trip, my heart is so full. Um, mm. And um, you've been. I know you've been on so many, Rich, and that's why you do what you do. Um, just because of the experience that it provides for people that want to um, learn the Bible, know the Bible, and live the Bible. Yep. Yep. Well, any any resources that you would suggest for somebody listening who, one, might be thinking about going on this trip, who wants to dig a little bit before we go? Yeah, that, I think, uh, would help you know, there's always good um, New Testament introduction books. If you, um, uh, I have a couple on my shelf, but um, uh, there's uh, Carson Moon Morris. They have an introduction to the New Testament um, I have a couple books I've got, I actually, I don't know if, if any, everybody needs to read these, but I have, um, I, I bought a, a book by Edwin Yamaguchi, New Testament cities in Western Asia minor. I mean, that's geek mode. We're talking <laughs> serious geek mode. Um, but you know, any kind of new Testament introduction is good. We're going to be spending a lot of time in the book of acts. Um, and then Pauline epistles, um, mm-hmm. the book of revelation would be good as well. But, um, I mean, we're talking, why don't you just read your whole new Testament before you, yeah, go, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the gospels are obviously all in, um, in Israel, but, um, the journeys of Paul we're we're walking the steps of Paul. Yep. Yeah. Oh man. I, I can't wait. Like this is going to be so much fun. So if you're, if you're listening right now and you are not signed up, you should, we, we have a limited amount of space and, we want you on this trip if you want to come. And if you're already signed up, we're excited 
to go with you uh, on this trip and journey together. And it's, yeah, it's going to be life-changing. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great food. It's going to be all of those things. And yeah. Yeah, and some of the man. best moments, some of the best moments are, are even the moments that we don't put on the itinerary. They're just planned. Yep. They're spontaneous. Yep. They're in the moment. And we're like, hey, why don't we crawl into this cave and see what happens? <laughs> 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 you know, the, it's stuff like that, that you just, you know, you can't plan on, but it just brings everything to life. And it, there's, there's so much, and there's so much joy. I think that's the other thing is we have just lived through a year where we've been at home and maybe there's just been a little bit of your joy has been squashed a little bit. If you're like me, this is something that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this, but just the idea, the joy that I know that is going to come from this and the people on this trip, you know, I just want to invite you sign up, come there is, this is going to be a lot of fun and it, it really life-changing. Like you were saying, Rich, this is bringing it to life. And um, yeah, I, I love it. Love it. Well, thanks for following us on the podcast. We love having you join us. And like we always say with GTI, it's about bringing the land and the lessons of the Bible to life. And here we go. We're going to be traveling and travel is good. So until the next podcast, everyone, take care. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. For more information on upcoming GTI study tours, please find us on the web at www.gtitours.org.